You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. I got a really fun one for you all today. I got Felicia Marie sitting here with me. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, You are a hypnotherapist. I am. It's a very interesting... A lot of our listeners, we've had a lot of business owners and team leaders and athletes and different people on this podcast, but I'm really passionate about the subject. I really think that there's a lot of power in in hypnotherapy and therapy in general. I feel like that it's not talked about. It's taboo in our world right now, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And I'm just very excited for this conversation. So I'm kind of selfish about this conversation because yeah. I'm excited to have this conversation with you. I can tell. I can feel the energy in the room. is just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm like, stoked. let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so I just want to kind of talk about your story, um, beginning your story. You know, I, like we are talking about off, off, I don't know if this is off air or off camera, but we were talking about off recording and about, you know, we are both interested in why people are, or I guess how, I don't know what the right, but why they are. The way they are. The way they are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, so just to hear your story and how you got into hypnotherapy. So I have a really lengthy story. So I'm okay. just going to focus on a little bit of it. Okay. Um, I always like to share that I was raised really poor, like extremely poor. Okay. To the point of sometimes I would have to go and eat at my friend's house kind of poor. Right. Right. Um, like the kind of poor where the best meal is like crumbling up top ramen dry and eating it out of a bag. Wow. That kind of poor. Wow. And I remember this, <laughs> I remember this meal I used to do, which really jacked up my teeth and I've dumped like 10 grand in my teeth and I still have work to do, but wow. I used to get like a piece of white bread and sugar. Cause we always had bread and we always had sugar and I would make it into a ball and I would eat it. Really? Like I would bite into a ball of sugar. It's kind of gross now that I'm thinking about it, but that's how I was raised. Wow. That was my upbringing. Wow. Um, my what? mom and yeah. Were you, were you born in Utah? I was born in Salt Lake nice. City, Utah. Grew up in West Valley City. Nice. Yeah. The hood, you know, for sure. For sure. Yep. Yep. Lived, lived a lot of years in Magna as well, which is another oh, side yeah. of the hood. For sure. I got my first tattoo in Magna. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Like on Magna Main? Uh, I think so. Or was it, it someone's was, house in their backyard? No, no, no. It was, uh, <laughs> it was on the main street. I remember that. It was at some crazy like Halloween themed tattoo shop. Yeah, yeah, shop. I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was, yeah. Wi- it was wild experience. Yeah, I got a tattoo from there too. Right really? Here. Oh yeah. 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 I can't remember what it was called. I can't either. It was, it was a long time ago. Yeah. It was, yeah mine was 2012, 2011, 2012, something like that when okay. I got mine. Yeah. 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 That's around the same time I got mine. Yeah. That's crazy trippy. for sure. <laughs> Connecting dots. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, my parents divorced when I was really young as well and they separated us. We had four of us, four kids and they took my, t- me and my younger one with my mom and went to California and then my dad took my older two. So that was the first super traumatic experience that I had as a child. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I've done a lot of hypnotherapy in that programming. Right. And that created um, my first little feeling of abandonment in my life. Right. So that was kind of how my life was. The majority of my life was just trauma. Wow. Like compounded trauma. Right. Um, 
when I, when that all happened, essentially what happened is my mom started dating an alcoholic and he was very abusive, um, emotionally to her and physically to us. And they started bringing people in that did drugs. So just to like sum up my childhood, I spent a lot of time with partying, like partying was a norm in my upbringing, alcohol, drinking, drugs, nothing was off the table. Wow. Started smoking at like eight years old. Wow. Yeah. And That's crazy. it is really crazy thinking about it now because I have kids. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that was... The environment really shaped me into becoming the environment. We'll just say that. Started drinking really heavy when I was 12, going to keggers. At 12 whole, years old. 12 years old. Yeah. Wow. You should I be could, going and I could really bong some beer. hopscotch in the, in the road, not yeah. doing a keg stand. Yeah. And I was like playing poker with adults and um, doing keg stands wow. when I was 13. That's crazy. Yeah. Man. And I know it's, it, it might not even sound too wild to most people, right? Like most people are like, oh yeah, I drank and had fun when I was younger, but I was legit felt like an alcoholic by the time I was 15 and overdosed four times that year. Really? Yeah. So I went down a very deep path of addiction and wow. it was because I had sexual abuse when I was under 10 years old, right. multiple accounts under 10. Wow. So didn't know that. Right. Until later on, like it made sense later, but it's, um, that's a big driving force in a lot of my decisions right. growing up. Now I know, you know, why hypnotherapy is so, you know, passionate for you and, and helping people. And honestly, like, I, I know that that's a huge passion for you is helping people as many people as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. And you know, the, the sad thing is, is I'm sure that there's a lot of people that can relate to that story. And oh, more I, than most people even want to admit. Right. Honestly. And we don't admit it is a, is a problem. And, you know, I'm not saying that like you have to post it on Instagram or Facebook and do mm -hmm. all these things, but like talking to someone or figuring out like to get help like that, definitely there, there's a healing process. And, and quite mm -hmm. often we don't know how to do that ourselves because we're trying to hold everything in and we're like, is this right? Is this wrong? I don't really know. Like, you know, and it's, it's sad you know, in, in certain situations, because there's quite often times where something happens when you're very young and you don't really know, mm -hmm. and then you get older and you're like, Hey, wait a minute. Like that happened to me when I was little. And you're like, yeah. Whoa, like that's like, and then all of a sudden now the, like the trauma kind of set, like mm -hmm. sets in and it's and like, it, it's almost like a delayed thing that's going on yep. and it messes your whole view of life up. Yeah. Now everything I, changes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're and like, it, Oh shit, that's right. what happened to me. Right. It changes everything. No, yeah. I man, that, that's yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, you know, there's there's yeah. a reason why I mean that really shitty to say, but there's a reason mm -hmm. why people do what they, you know, do or why, you know, it, it, it's it's gonna affect people. You know, what you're doing now is affecting a lot of people and it sucks to say that you had to go through a lot to be able to be where you are now. Yep. But the impact that you're having is huge. Yeah. You know, just you. yeah, it's 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 been awesome. So you know, you're going through, you know, how was high school? You know, you overdosed four times at 15 years old. Um, how was high school and going through through that? I, it, God, I don't know how it can get any crazier, but I'm, oh, it can I'm, get I'm, it I'm gets waiting. Crazier. <laughs> I'm waiting to hear. So, uh, so I, I ended up getting into truancy court as a teenager. And I, I haven't talked a lot about my like upbringing in this phase because I've held back just for my dad's sake just for my parents sake. Cause I know they listen to my stuff and they watch my stuff. And so I've always been hesitant to like share certain things on social media, but my dad lost his wife, his, his second wife of three kids 
she died in her sleep. And so when I moved in with them, when I was like 13, 14, cause I just was, you know, too much for my mom. Right. Um, and her, her boyfriend at the time who I'm really grateful I moved away from cause he was very abusive. So I'm really happy that I ended up going and living with my dad. So I went and lived with my dad and then I became the mom of the house. Right. Right. I, f- I filled that role. So I watched my siblings a lot so that my dad could work cause he worked graveyards and I missed a lot of school and I ended up getting locked up for it. Wow. So I'm not, I'm not saying like, Hey, thanks dad. You got me locked up, but it was a big part of it. My environment really shaped me. So I slept a lot, uh, smoked a lot of weed, numbed out a lot, right. but I was very intelligent, like top in math, top in science, very smart, but played stupid. I right. was that type of girl. Really? And I ended up getting taken out of my dad's home and put in state's custody. I did wilderness program for three months, spent almost a year in detention. Wow. And ended up going into a foster home for about a year. Wow. And it was quite the experience being taken from my family. Honestly, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Just being fully transparent because I went from a home that was very unstable where I didn't have like security and safety. And when I was in detention, I freaking thrived in there. Like I was doing great. I was playing volleyball. I knew I had, I knew I had food. I knew I was taken care of. And that one still gets me a little emotional talking about food. That's a big trigger for me still. Um, because I honestly would go without a lot of my childhood and would have to go and eat at friend's house and was actually punished by my stepdad. If I went into the fridge when my mom is at work, I would go to like get into the fridge to get food and he would yell at me. So it created this bond with food that I couldn't have it. I didn't have enough. So whenever I would eat, I would seriously like scarf it down because I was afraid I wasn't going to have enough. Really? And that, that carried out until like five years ago when I finally realized why I ate so fast. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, so yeah, I loved, I love detention. And what's funny is my sister was there prior to me. My brother was there. So when I came in, they knew my family and I was like their favorite. Like they, they loved me in comparison to them. No offense if my siblings <laughs> listen to this, but I was treated very special. It was kind of a unique experience. Like they let me have a boom box next to my door so I could listen to music at night. Um, some of the staff would bring me soda. Like I just, I don't know. It's so weird that I like got so much love and attention in such an environment that you would think you wouldn't have that love and attention. Right. But I also was shackled and taken places. I, I didn't go to the dentist until I was 14 years old and I was in detention. And that's the only reason why I went to the dentist. So from detention, they shackled me and took me to a dentist and I had 13 cavities Wow. that they had to fill in that one sitting. Wow. So that's a little description of my upbringing. Right. Right. And, um, I thrived in wilderness program. I, what is is wilderness? Wilderness is where they take you and they have you live outside. So you sleep in a wiggy, we call it a wiggy and it's literally a sleeping bag wrapped up in a tarp. So I literally slept on the ground for three months straight and we had to hike every single week to a new destination and we had to create a fire to even eat hot food. And I excelled. Like I loved it. I love the outdoors. I love, we hiked eight to nine miles at a time. Like it was my, my grounding. I had the most spiritual experiences there. We would do solos. They would literally leave us by ourselves with no shoes in our thermals, just our wiggy and our notebooks and our workbooks really? for like three days and wow. just come and bring us food. And that's it. Wow. And I could have been killed by like animals. I mean, I don't even know what, and back then I didn't really care. Now I get nervous about it. Cause I'm more advanced, like more conscious, but right. then I'm like, how do you leave this like 15 year old girl? in the middle of nowhere for three days unwatched. Yeah. 
That's kind of that's kind of crazy. It's great. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I'm like thinking yeah. about like I don't know if I could ever leave my own family. <laughs> like that would be sketchy. But they're over here just leaving people. Like yeah, I mean, it, it was intense. Wow. But I literally sat in silence for days. You know, and I did that multiple times in that. And that was, that's when I felt the most connected to God. Like that's when I felt the most connected to the earth. And right. I remember those moments, like they were very healing for me, but other girls were the complete opposite. Like I was very rare in the group. I was the one that was like, yeah, let's go. And everyone else was complaining. And I'm like, I don't know what you guys are complaining about. Like I would choose this over my home and like what I experienced in my life any day. Right. Like I would, I would do anything to just live there. Right. And I really believe, I mean, I had overdose on ecstasy three times prior to going to wilderness. Wow. And I really believe that that experience saved my life. Like I'm pretty sure I would have died. That's crazy. Yeah. No, that's an, that's intense. It's intense. That's all. I mean, I've heard so many good things about actually like being out in nature and getting really connected out there. Mm -hmm. um, I have a really close friend that did that journey out in the woods and mm -hmm. was there for a long time. And I can't remember if it was him and his wife, but I know, I know he was there because he talks about it publicly all the time. And you know, Sean Whalen. Yeah. And he talks about that. He went and did his journey and wilderness, you know, did it, the wilderness journey and all that stuff. And I'm like, there, there's something about it. And like, I, I, I mean, I love the outdoors. I'm in the RV business. And I mean, so obviously. I, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I can't say that I don't like it, you uh -huh. know, but I, I love it. There's just something about being out in nature and like a fire that you build food that you honestly the sound people are going to be pissed, but that you killed in your eating or you're mm -hmm. caught in your eating or whatever. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be that, but the, there is a lot to that. And just being like one, like it just sounds crazy, but like it just being one with nature and mm -hmm. talk. We used to have this cabin up on a lake in Island Park, um, you know, near Yellowstone. And in the morning I bought paddle boards and in the morning we would go or I would go out paddle boarding by myself and super calm and just standing there and just looking and hearing everything. I kind of wake up and it was super cold. So I'd be battling out there and, you know, my whole like sweatsuit and mm -hmm. stuff, but, um, it just felt good. Like it felt like I was just clear mind. Wasn't really thinking about a lot, just kind of just moseying my way through the little channel right there. And then would come back and it was about a mile out, mile back. And we just paddleboard and like we sold it and I don't have that cabin anymore. Dang. I'm so bummed <laughs> because there are so many times where I was like, I wish I could just go to the cabin and just let loose. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is like cell service and internet there, which if you needed it, that's okay. But it's still really remote where yep. you could just, you wouldn't have to do anything if you didn't want it and you could just chill. Yep. But there's, I, I believe like, that's why I love the RV industry is I, there's so much to spending time with family and going out into nature. Yeah. Dis just, disconnecting from technology and for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear all like, I don't know what those waves are called when yeah. the phone and yes. they talk about, you put the phone up against your ear all the time and all these things. Like there's a lot to that. And we are surrounding, mean, I'm surrounded by lights right now. We're surrounded by that energy, surrounded by light, surrounded mm -hmm. by all these electronic impulses or whatever they are. Yep. And I was reading this. That is EMPs. Yeah. yeah. EMPs. Like I was reading this article about it, about how like many times you put your phone up and the radiation, all this stuff. I'm like, oh dang. Like, but I talk on speakerphone a lot. Yeah. I'm not going to like, as my arms a little too <laughs> camps a little bit. Cause you know, I'm just so big. No, I'm just kidding. 
um, that I can't put the phone up there in my ear. I try. I'm trying to get that big. Yeah. <laughs> but I always talk on speakerphone. So, oh, I'm good. But like even leaving it on your chest, yep. you know, putting it in your pocket yep. um, for males, putting it in other places and doing things like well, same with women. They it's, put it in their bra. And yeah. I'm like, okay, no wonder why breast cancer is through the roof right, right. now. It, it's but disconnecting from that, not feeling those impulses. You know, the article is literally talking about going out in the wilderness yeah. for a 48 hour like EMP cleanse. I think it yeah. was about how powerful that can do to like reset the neuro something in your body. I'm yep. like, oh, the neuro circuitry. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yep. that's crazy. Cause I've never felt so relaxed when I do that. Yeah. And you know, when I'm all over the place doing things and a human know, doing instead of a human being. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's, I love that. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, it's, it's, and it's interesting that you loved like being out there Yeah. and this sounds so bad, but like, I'm sure that it did so good for you because your situation at home was so bad. Yeah. Like you exactly. did not want to go back home, nope. but I'm sure for other people, they were just caught doing stupid stuff and they might've had a good, good home where they wanted yeah. to go home. Yes. I, I deal with that a lot as a hypnotherapist. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, Oh, like now you're, now you're not like, cause you were all in a hundred percent in, in a hundred percent present in wilderness yep. Yep. where, you know, under other individuals in the same program that you were with might've been like, Okay, I'm like, you know, 20% there in wilderness and thinking about everything at home mm -hmm. and you can't, it's just hard to disconnect and have that clear mind. And so, yeah, it's crazy to connect that, that like you had to go through all of those things to be able to disconnect and go all in, mm -hmm. in, in the wilderness and kind of projected your life. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy and, when you connect all the dots and you're like, okay, that, that makes sense. Why I love this so much. Right. And, and also for me, like when I was seven years old, I wasn't raised religious or anything. And, and I'm not necessarily religious now. I'm a very spiritual person though. I'm very spiritually connected and in tune. And I remember being like around seven years old and just having these like experiences with spirit of like, you should go get baptized. You should like, I would always just have these moments where I felt so guided and so in tune. And right. so I did, I took myself and got baptized Wow! and I made my brother come and do it with me. So we got baptized together. And wow. my, my family wasn't even religious right. at all. So I just was like showing up and making it happen. Right. But that's who I was at the age of eight. Wow. Right. Like that's how I, that's how I was like driven and, and guided. And so I feel like wilderness just really captivated my soul. You know, like it was just like this soul connection that I had with nature. And now I know why. And I kind of want to explain a little bit to people why, why is nature so, profound. Right. Yeah. And I want to talk about like mycelium and, um, mushrooms and plant medicine and, and not just the psychedelic plant medicines, but all plants on the planet and how they are all medicine. Right. Um, so my belief and what I, what I've come to understand about us is our bodies really are, um, and, and this is science. We are 98% bacteria. We're only 2% right. human. We have, we have, 10 times more bacterial genes than we do human genes, DNA. Wow. And because of that, our bacteria actually carries its own consciousness outside of human consciousness. So like my bacteria in my field is communicating with your bacteria in your field. And that's the, that's a part of the good vibes, right? When you're around someone, you're like, oh, I feel really good about being around this person. Right. It's not just your aura, they call it, or your spirit and, or even the mirror neurons that we have in our neurochemistry but it's also the bacterial consciousness that we carry. 
And I talked a little bit about this with Bryce, about how the female egg actually decides the sex, not the male, not the sperm. It's the egg that decides the sex. They just discovered that. They also discovered that the bacteria for the woman also says yes or no to the male through, really? through communication. So if you, if you French kiss someone, you'll get a connected yes or no, like muscle testing. When you muscle test, you move forward towards the person. Right. It's the same thing, just different expressions wow. of it. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's something that a lot of people don't know about that. The bacteria is in control. We're, we, we can think of ourselves as like venom. Okay. Our human genome is hosting 98% of this bacteria wow. of who we are just to give you an idea yeah. of how to like really expand into this right. when it comes to nature. Right. Right. So think about our planet. It's a bacterial ecosystem, right? Right. Our bodies are an ecosystem. We are not separate. We are one with the planet, right? Right. We're just walking on the planet and then we go back to the planet when we die. Right. Makes sense. When you think about death, where does your body go? Into the ground. Right. The only thing that doesn't really decompose quickly, for one, the coffin, which shouldn't even be a part of it, right. but the bones. Right. And the reason why is because the ecosystem needs the bones. Right. Mm. That's how intelligent the planet is and how intelligent we are. So when we're in nature, we have this nervous system that we experience our reality through. And we talked about this last time we had a conversation. Right. But we only experience this life through our senses, right? Through our visual, our auditory, how we smell, the taste, mm -hmm. the touch. Yep. All those senses. All of those are connected to the subconscious mind, right? Right. But the subconscious also filters this experience through your nervous system. And the nervous system starts at the ground. There's this whole spiritual movement right now of like, we need to get into our third eyes and you know, we need to get into our higher selves. And it's right. like, no, you all have it wrong. You've all been up in the clouds. It starts at the root, right? right. We get to the root of the problem to solve anything that's going on. Right. Right. For sure. And in order to be present and in your body, it starts at the root. Right. So everybody's up here just right. buzzing, bypassing, dissociating, numbing, coping. And everything is literally starts from the feet. Wow. And talk about nature. Right. Right. So when we're living in these houses and we're in our RVs even, or driving in our cars or in a plane, we're not grounded. Right. You can't be. Right. It's, it's impossible. Where does grounding come from? We're electromagnetic beings, right? For sure. Okay. So where does lightning start? From the ground up. From the ground up. Yep. We are lightning. Right. And if we're not on the earth, we're not in our bodies. Our nervous systems cannot flow that energy so that we can experience our taste and our touch and our visual and what we hear and what we feel. Right. So talk about disconnect. It's not, it's not just this disconnect of like, oh, I'm not in nature. It's an internal disconnect. And nature grounds your energy so that you can actually connect internally. Right. And there's all kinds of neurochemistry that happens, physiological benefits to being outside of nature. And it, even in your biology, it's profound. But more than anything, it's the only place where you're really naturally connected, right? 
without having to do hypnotherapy and having to do breath work and having to do plants. And you literally can just walk on the ground and your electromagnetic pulse will sink with the earth. Really? Yes. And I've always noticed that when I walk barefoot in grass. Yes. There's like something about walking barefoot in grass. You it can like feel it. It's like the best feeling ever. And yes. like my wife, we're building a house and we're talking about like, you know, I'm like, no, we're putting turf in because, you know, I hate the grass. I hate cutting it. And I mm-hmm. hate with this whole water shortage. Now I feel like we got enough snow to last us forever. But, yeah. 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 We're good. Um, <laughs> but my wife is like, no, we have to have real grass. And I'm like, okay, like we'll yeah. have real grass. Um, we're probably not going to have a lot of it because our yard's going to be, be Zero set up, but, yeah. um, you know, I want real grass, but yeah. there's just something about, like, there's something about going to like a park and having a picnic and running around mm-hmm. and like barefoot. I remember that when I was a little kid, like I can almost like feel the feeling right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's and crazy. That's how powerful it. your mind is though, because you're just thinking about it. You're, you're creating the chemistry of that feeling just by using the thought. And that's one of the reasons why I became a hypnotherapist is because I learned from my mentor that I had 65,000 thoughts a day and I was programmed for negativity. And, and it's not even that. I don't want people to think that we're programmed to be negative. It's not true. That is not a fact. What is a fact is that your reptilian brain has not evolved, okay, with this lifestyle, the way that we live. It's not evolved. So it's always scanning for what's wrong in the room and what's wrong in our lives, what's wrong in our bank accounts, what's wrong in our relationships, to keep us safe, even if it kills us. Really? Because it's become addicting. You create, in your mind, your programming will create a chemical cocktail in your physical body. And then that chemical cocktail will create a chemical cocktail in your mind, and they're in sync with each other. They work together. Right. Right? So let's say someone wants to quit smoking. As soon as they go and think about smoking, their reptilian brain kicks in and tells them, no, 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 you can't do that. You need to go here. You need, you, you'll create habits and habit thoughts to keep you there because it only understands keeping you alive. And this smoking, this way of being as a smoker has kept you alive up until this point. Right. When you make that decision to go off that path, it thinks you're going to die and it will keep you smoking even though you're going to die from smoking. Right. That's how tricky it is. Wow. Right. Right. And that's with any habit. It doesn't matter what habit it is, whether it's overspending, uh, bad communication, being addicted to things, all of those things, everything is a habit. Right. And anytime you try to change that or shift that, you're going to have 10,000 stacked thoughts to keep you there. And people don't even understand how powerful their thoughts are. So how are they going to understand that it's just thoughts that are keeping them in these habits right. and that it's not truth or fact and that they're actually not going to die. Right. 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 So it's, so what I wanted to share though about that electromagnetic field, like, excuse me, bless you. Sorry. Shift. See, energetic shift. (laughs) And actually your nervous system will make you do that to shift something in your body. Did you know that? Mm -mm. And yawning is to build more oxygen because you're shallow breathing. Like when you're working out in the gym, you're not breathing very in sync. So it will make you yawn to get more oxygen to the muscles. Really? Really cool shit, but for sure. Um, so with this electromagnetic field, right? As soon as you land on the planet, it, like literally, as soon as you step on the grass, you become in sync with nature. It's rhythmic. I mean, if you learn about the Fibonacci sequence and how it's in in nature everywhere, these numbers and coordinates and math, we are the same. Like we are not different from the planet. Right. This this ecosystem will die 
if the ecosystem of the planet dies. And this is actually a very concerning subject to talk about. Right. Um, and I want to reference Dr. Emron Meyer, who wrote the book, The Mind Go Connection. He is like the master of what I'm talking about, but he's been able to do talks all over the world about our planet's ecosystem is very correlative to our ecosystem and how we're so disconnected and the human race is suffering right now equal to the planet suffering. They're not separate. Really? So when you look at culture right now, bringing it to culture, so much disconnect, so much division. There's so much hatred and, you know, suppression of shame and guilt on the planet from religious standpoints and because of money and perception of money, because money is a tool, right? right? And and all of the traumas that are being expressed right now, it's it's created such disconnect from each other, right? Having really deep, authentic conversations with people because we have so many things to do, that human doing, right? Right. And that disconnect really does start within us each individually. And now it's being expressed on a very massive global level. Right. In every country. There's not one there's not one place on the planet that isn't disconnected. Right. Right? Yeah. And it's 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 widely spreading. And now it's attacking our our teenagers and our kids. And now our kids and teenagers are becoming super disconnected, even more so than their own parents. Right. And it's becoming quite the problem. Yeah. But it's an insight thing. There's a disconnect of the heart and the mind, right? Right. This brain is the third brain. You have three brains. Right. This brain has more signaling sent to the brain than any other signaling in the entire body. Really? Which is insane. And that's your heart? Yes. Your heart brain? Because now you got the gut brain, heart brain, and yes. brain brain. So this heart connecting to this mind, this brain, there's way more signaling going on there than anywhere else. So think about how many people are overthinking, overanalyzing, stuck in their thoughts, negative thoughts. They are literally not in their hearts. And then the heart actually shrinks the muscle. It gets smaller really? and smaller. It's like the Grinch. Right. Think about the Grinch, <laughs> the small yeah. heart. And then what happens to humanity, we're not giving to people. We're walking by bums left and right, not even caring about it because, oh, they're going to go buy alcohol. Or we're, we're in a place right now as a society where more kids are going hungry today, even in Salt Lake City, there are literally kids that, and this is a soft subject for me, but there are kids that do not get to eat every day. Right. And I don't know if people really hear what I'm saying, especially people that eat very lavishly and, and can afford whatever they want. There are literally kids that have to go into school when they're closed and yep. the school has to feed them. Yep. No, we, uh, here in Davis County. So Davis County. Yeah. So I, I'm from Weber County, which is just one up, you know, Ogden, O-Town. Shout out. We always <laughs> view Davis County as the rich county. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, like I, I went to school in Davis County. I went to a private school in Davis County. But I still viewed like, oh, you live in Layton? Like you live in Kaysville? Oh my gosh, you're rich. Like Dang. that's where all the rich people live. Like I'm from Ogden. Like we don't, like, yeah. like my mom and dad were well off, but we were an anomaly in yes. that area. Like I, we never viewed anybody, yeah. you know, but we found like, so one of our big, um, our, our value in, in our company is giving back. Yeah. And so we teamed up last year. I think it was the last quarter of last year. Um, we teamed up with Davis County to do pantry packs yep. and they give out about 3000 pantry packs a week. A week. And that doesn't even come close. Yeah. They have, and I'm so I'm, I'm talking to um, the lady that's kind of heading this up, and I'm like, so how do they pick and choose who gets the pantry packs? And yeah. she's like, 
I, I don't know. I mean, that's crazy. Like imagine being the administrators in this position yeah. or whoever gives in, giving out the pantry packs, but I think it's the schools of saying, okay, like, well, we're going to pick this person over you. So you're going to get a weekend full of food and they're not. Mm-hmm. And like, like, how do you do this? And it's crazy in Davis County. Now I can see it in Ogden, yeah. in Weber County yeah. and in Salt Lake in, and maybe, the, mm-hmm. but I'm like, my mind is kind of blown. And then like you open up your eyes and you're like, oh, that's a title one school. That's a title one school. Yep. You know, I'm thinking my, my view is very small because private school, we, you know, we didn't really, yeah. we, we weren't, you know, we did not play anybody locally in our area. Like we were 1A, so our nearest football game was like four and a half hours away mm-hmm. um, down in like Milford, Beaver area, Utah. Yep. Um, but it's just so sad to think about. And so like it's, it's like we had a company-wide call about it today, actually, and about how we can start doing more to do more pantry packs and give back and teaming up with, there's a foundation run by the young automotive um, family or young family called the kind fund. And they give away like 20 or 30,000 a quarter or a year Mm -hmm. or something like that pantry packs. And I'm like, wow, I got a long way to go. Um, But it's just, it's just, (laughs) it's, it's sad and so crazy to think about in our own backyard. Yeah, My family's own backyard right now. Yep. 3,000 pantry packs given out a week and it doesn't even come close. Yeah. Well, and just to expand how important this conversation is and how deep it is, that's just the lack of food in a home. Right. We're not talking about abuse, sexual abuse, trafficking in Salt Lake City. Right. That's gone extreme at this point, not being talked about very often. Right. And mental health conditions like suicide. Uh, there's four and five-year-olds and six-year-olds that are being administered to primary right now, literally last week, attempting suicide. Cow. And that, like, I really, I know that's a hard one, and I really want it to sink in because we, uh, we as a society, I see the culture, and I see where it's going. And, and it's just, even on a society scale, right, like as a nation, I see where it's going. Right. It's so divided and it's so intentional how divided it is. And I would say it's even fueled, right? By all of these things that create mental health problems. Right. And it really, it, so I have a friend that works in, in this, and I have clients that are nurses. I have a lot of clients, but a few of my clients are nurses. And one of them is in that area in that specialty. And I can't tell you how like choked up I get hearing stories. I mean, it's hundreds of kids. It's so massive right now that there's literally people fighting There's psychologists and doctors fighting to legalize mushrooms, psilocybin in Salt Lake city to save these lives. Like they are literally fighting a war to get, you know, resolve some of these mental health crisis issues. And they're fighting against a multi, I mean, a hundred, 200, $300 billion industry. Right. Right. And we know what industry that is. Right. And that's what they're up against. It's a literal war on mental health going on right now. And then I see a lot of our culture in Salt Lake city of, of big names doing things. And I'm like, but what are you really doing? Like, I like to really call people out. Like you're, you're making massive amounts of money and you're, you're, and I'm there, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm successful, have a nice car, live in a beautiful home. Right. But none of that, none of that shit matters to me. When I hear from my clients that their kids are attempting suicide and, and honestly, it's all of my clients. I actually haven't met someone at this point that doesn't have a child 
that is being hospitalized, put on medications, or just literally isolating in their bedrooms right now. It's a massive problem. Yeah. And when I see people that are like, oh, this is why I'm doing this, I'm doing, I'm like, well, where in the hell are the people? Like, right. there's so many of us that are successful and have the money and have the time and have the skill set and actually have a heart in this game that are just sitting back watching and still not doing anything about it. Right. And I think that's the biggest problem in our culture is that disconnect and right. see how it's expressing everywhere. Right. Right. Well, a lot of times we just don't like there's, there's a big voice that just doesn't we don't speak up. Yeah. And like there's a lot of things that people can do that don't even cost money because people yeah. think, oh, the only way I can help is financially. No, like I like, I like I'm the type of person that like like don't I don't want to be viewed as a check. Yes. So to view me as a check in a workhorse that can do things for people. Like, mm -hmm. like that's why like you can either donate to the pantry packs and they go do it. Or yeah. I make our team or we make our team pack the pantry packs and take them to the school Yep. because don't, I just don't want to be like anybody can write money. Like that's just, yeah. you know, yeah. if you need to give a hundred bucks, okay, write a check for a hundred bucks, but it's taking the time to go do it is another thing. Now we don't do it on a massive scale. Now we try to do it in our, you know, soon to be nine locations, but our eight current locations, like, I'm trying to get everybody to push them to do like a monthly initiative for that month. And yeah. we have some few dealerships that are every month, just like clockwork giving back as much as they possibly can. And, you know, we have to make sure like it's, it's not a completely open checkbook because we get like, yes, I owe it to yeah. everybody to keep their, you know, food on their table at their yeah. homes. Um, but like we give shoes away to, to children where you know, right now, I think we're doing a 72 hour emergency kit up in cash Valley. And so we're collecting everything for there and then we're going to give it to people and hand them out. Um, you know, we help South Salt Lake. There's kids that they don't know what to do for spring break. Mm -hmm. And so we're helping where to put them, huh? Yeah, where yeah. to put them and what to do. So we're uh funding some field trips and doing some cool things through South Salt Lake City and an initiative going on there. And 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 I love that I'm not a part of it because that means that we have created a culture that they take mm -hmm. it upon themselves to make it happen. Yep. And I'm I'm kind of bummed because I hear about it after the fact, I'm like, well, I would have loved to be included in that. And yeah. I'd love to be actually go experience that. Um, but we do have initiatives that like our quote unquote corporate office that we do stuff on our own, yeah. but it's so cool to watch that, that light. Like, you know, my, no, I don't, I don't know why we're talking about Sean Whalen all the time, but Sean Whalen says, be a light so bright no one can help but see it. Yep. And so we've really made that initiative in our giving back program. Like I'm wearing my shirt right now. It's giving back without limits is our tagline and our family, mm -hmm. Hawking family foundation. And it, it's doing those things, but it's more than just writing a check. Yeah. And I think people need to know that, that if there are things like there, there are things they can do just volunteer, yeah. like talk to your local municipalities, your local schools, your local mayor, like go to the office and figure out how you can volunteer. They're not going to turn you down and say, oh no, we don't really need anybody. Yeah. And if they do, then you need to kick the mayor out and get a new one. Like yep. there's always things to do. And so like, you know, I encourage and encourage listeners to, yeah, if you can financially help, that's great. Yeah. But to start volunteering and doing stuff or like helping in any way possible, like that's invaluable because we need, there needs to be a lot more of that. Like there's yes. a lot of maybe check writers, like there's some big uh -huh. program, like big, big organizations that I know that they have all the money flowing in like the freaking Nile river. Yep. But they're like, we don't have anybody to deploy the money. Yeah. Like we, we do, we cannot, like there's too many people that we need to serve. We mm -hmm. don't have enough volunteers. Exactly. That's so the like problem. we, we fed like for, my good buddy um, runs a program called Synergy in Action and they feed, they usually go to like very rough, poor areas during Thanksgiving. It, they actually do it every single weekend. I cannot yeah. believe he does that, but every single weekend they're feeding around a thousand people a weekend. I freaking love and that. And so we went and teamed up and 
um, Mikel and I donated a thousand meals um, for a Thanksgiving family down in West Valley, down mm-hmm. by uh, by off of California Avenue. Not really West Valley, but down there, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, like yeah. Rose Park area, whatever that's called. Glendale. Glendale. In Glendale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, yeah. Glendale Elementary or Glendale <laughs> Middle School. It was Glendale Middle School we wouldn't volunteer at. And it's just, it's breaks my heart and i yeah. drug my my in-law family and my my brother both brother-in-laws or maybe three brother-in-laws or whoever came and drug them there and was like like we need to mm-hmm. get a little pizza some humble pie yeah and realize that there's a problem going on yeah um but kudos to my man alfred murillo he does it every single weekend that's amazing every I single bet, i bet weekend. there's a reason why i bet he had an experience oh yeah i mean he grew up in oakland there you and go. He knows. Yeah, <laughs> he, right. grew up, he grew up I in Oakland. I thought I had it hard. Yeah, he grew up in <laughs> Oakland and he's like, his brother's in jail for in prison. I mean, he's got the craziest story. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, matter of fact, I should have him on this podcast. He's just one of the most sweetest guys in the world. Yeah. Um, but he has taken his life's purpose is like the dream centers. He yeah. basically, he created all the dream centers. Wow. Most of the, I'm pretty sure all the dream centers. Yeah. And runs all the dream centers. That's beautiful. Like every single day, this dude is running food to people. I'm yeah. like, dude, I don't know how you do it. He probably like, went without food. Can oh, yeah. guarantee it. Crazy stories. Yeah. And that's my driver. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, it's just, it's, it sucks that people have to go through that to realize that there's a need, but I'm grateful for people because there are a lot of people that make excuses that didn't grow mm-hmm. up, like maybe grew up the exact same way you did, yep. that make excuses and they're either in the system, in the prison system, or in the system and just don't really yeah. care about anything else. Um, but where there are people that use it as fuel to be, you know, in your, like what you're doing successful and then to turn it around and help other people. Cause like, that's kind of how that, that's what feeds it. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm a capitalist, I'm an entrepreneur. Like I believe in people sh- in business to make money, but yep. the only way there's money turned back into the economy is if it's made on one side, like you have yeah. to keep turning it back, you know, back in. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, kudos to you and everybody out there that's, 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 yeah, kudos that. to you and your company. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm a small guy. I'm yeah. very. I mean, we're we're really trying. Like, I don't want to take it away from our our dealerships. Like, they they are making a big impact. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, like we can keep getting better. And like, it's it's one of our monthly initiatives that we talk about all the time. Of like, what can we do um, volunteer wise? Like, paying employees, you know, once a quarter to volunteer an entire day off, paid day off that they can volunteer in different sectors. That's genius. Um, like, and so that's the thing I actually rolled out or kind of announced today and we'll get it more formalized and figure out how I'm supposed to pay for it and things like that with the HR department. But, um, but you know, that, that's one thing that we want to do, want to do as well on top of what, what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I want to start this movement in a way within Mm -hmm. our 170 employees that they are more motivated to to do it. And it it was really cool today to hear one of our employees speak. And she's like, I've always wanted to get back, but never had the time. And now that we're rolling out all all these initiatives, she has taken it by the horns and she is mm-hmm. killing it with yeah. and she's she's uh, her shout out jenny i don't know if you listen to this but you're up in logan mm-hmm. um in in killing it up there just doing awesome things and just toys for tots drives and mm-hmm. doing like these 72 hour emergency kits and shoes and all these things that she's been doing has been really really cool yeah like, I, I love to see that and it means a lot to me that like that's why i do what i do and yep. you know it's it's a big passion of mine to give back and help people and make sure people are are taken care of. Yeah. I don't know why, but I just, I love, yeah. I love, I love watching people smile. Yeah. Well, I think that's where you and I are very similar. Cause I, I have that same thing where when I got into being an entrepreneur and I started network marketing, like Mary Kay days. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. MK baby. Oh, MK. I failed horribly. Did you ever business. get a pink Escalade? No, no, oh. I did not. There, I, had, there, I went to school with a girl. Um, I don't remember her name, but she was big. Yeah. And, and she we went to college together. 
and she had a pink Escalade. Yep. And I remember a economics teacher ripping her a new one from the internet network marketing. She never came back. And I looked her up and she was making like multiple six figures. Oh yeah. At a very young age. And I'm like, bro, you're the, an an (laughs) asshole. Like you should not have done that. And, uh, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. I mean, network marketing has, has its, uh, downfalls. And I mean, like any business, there's, there's things that you're not going to like, but that's where I got my start. I I started network marketing as well. Yep. So I had, um, a lot of learning experiences with new companies and, and then had really great experiences, even with the company I'm with now. And I would say that through my journey though, what I learned was so many times as an entrepreneur, and I feel like this is like so many people can resonate with this. We literally forget why we even started. Right. Right. And it always, these kinds of conversations and even what you're saying, you're like, yeah, this is what I do, what I do. Now, if as entrepreneurs, if we can have that kind of um, synergy in our hearts every day, I think we really can be more and do more in our businesses right. and expand more. But it takes us realizing, why did I start? I see a lot of big names that get started, they do well, and you're not one of them, but they get Thank started <laughs> and they do well and they lose themselves and they lose sight of why they even started, right? They lose sight of what is the goal here? And they get so wrapped up in the money and I love money and money loves me. I have a great relationship with it. It's more of what is really the driver like we were talking about. It, when money becomes the driver, it drives us. Right. I believe that. Right. Right. And then we get we get into this place of uh, dopamine addiction and reward addiction and lose long-term goals, right? And and then forgetting why we even started and what happened. So right. I'm I'm literally in the middle of creating a billion-dollar brand right now. Really? Probably bigger than a billion-dollar brand. Wow. And I feel very confident in that. And I, the biggest driver of this brand is service, right? right? It's literally understanding, okay, I went through – I mean, I moved probably 20 times as a child. Really? I never knew what stability was. And as an adult, even in my marriage, we lost multiple homes. I've lost it all at least seven times in my adulthood life. Wow. Like everything. Wow. I've slept on the floor, have been homeless multiple times with four kids, have moved from state to state trying to run from my problems only for them to find me wherever I went. Like I've been through the ringer when it comes to trauma. Wow. And because of those experiences, so I really want to validate that you're so compassionate about bringing that up. Like it sucks. The experiences suck, but hindsight, grateful for the experiences because what I'm, what I'm on the verge of creating right now in this brand is going to be a massive movement. It's a huge movement. Right. And the movement is helping entrepreneurs get to why they even started. I'm, I'm bringing, I'm bringing my clients back to where they started. Right. Right. And what their passion really is and what they really are here to create versus what they think they're supposed to be creating because right. of conditioning and programming and school and the parents and, and all the Instagram, shit. Instagram, comparing and, yes, people, going all to these conferences and, oh, you got that. Yeah, now I got to buy that. Yeah. And, now I need to do this. Now yeah. I need to write this book. And it's like, no, like yeah. all you need to do is get down back to your primal instincts and what really drives you in your heart but it's hard to be in your heart when you're so driven by the money. Right. Right. Because yeah. of what money can do for people. Right. Like I, I truly believe I used to have that. I used to have the saying from my mentor. It was money in the hands of good people can do great things. Right. Yeah, I love that. I don't believe that anymore. Really? No, I think 
great people do great things and money supports them. Yeah, yeah that's true. And I, right? I do feel like that when you, like my mom always used to say, like when it goes from your head to your heart, that's when you feel like you accomplished yes. like the driver in things. Yes. I think that's how she put it. But basically when you're doing things with your heart and your heart is leading the way of who you really are and who you truly are, and then everything takes over and things will fall into place. Yep. And I feel like when people get so focused on money and like, I'm with you, like money, like Jim Rohn said, is right up there with oxygen. Yep. Like you need it to it kind is. of survive. And yep. I would rather have more of it than less of it yep. um, because of what it can do. But when money is the driver, you start to do crazy things to make money. You'll screw yes. people. You start to mess with family. You mess Be with your best integrity. friends. Yeah, like I'm, there's a situation going on right now where um, I know the situation where like they're two best friends and one best friend just screwed the other for from, a commission for yep, money. Yep. And I'm like, when it, when it starts going from your, from your, you know, from your head to the, so focused on the money that, and instead of what the money can do, mm-hmm. um, or even what, what the money can do positively or what, you, it, and it really boils down to back to what the money, how it fuels your heart and yep. your driver that pe- people just do, they do crazy. I mean, I see all the time. I'm like, you straight up lie to people. You're mm-hmm. deceitful. Um, yeah, like people brag all the time on their Instagrams or social medias and they're taking pictures in front of these cars and doing all these things. And I'm like, bro, I know that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a rent like the, and like, I'm like not, you rented like, the car yeah, and you're trying and like, to, it's just that mask, yeah, right? Like yeah. putting on a front and pretending to be something you're not yeah. to compare and to it, everything It would be else. different to be like, Hey, I rented this car. I'm super happy. It's going to be a freaking cool day. Like I'm yeah. rolling around in a Ferrari all day come, come join me. Like, yeah. I'm, Why can't I believe, people be real? Yeah. Like I believe in the energy. So I'm going to feel the energy of this yeah. car. I'm going to drive it for a day yeah. and I'm going to give it back to its rightful owner and I'm going to go home into my geo Metro yes. and I'm going to be fine. Like yes. there's nothing That's what wrong I'm talking with that. About. Like, like even with our, like, like this sounds stupid and conceited of like, I, I get some people kind of talk a little bit of like, try to hide the fact that we have an airplane and we have, we, so my dad has his airplane that I'm not going to talk about that, but in our company's airplane, we only own a quarter share of it. Yeah. I'm not afraid. Like I'm, I'm not going to fake it. Look up the freaking LLC. Like mm-hmm. there's four people on the, on the LLC. It's not really that rocket science. Right. So yeah. it's like people say, well, why do you, why don't you, why do you want people to know that? Because why the freak do I care? Like, yeah. I really don't care. Like mm-hmm. I f- know how much airplanes cost and why would I bear the expense of an entire airplane? Yeah. And I'm not just going to sit here and, you know, measure yeah. <laughs> or like, <laughs> and you know, against other people while the planes yeah. costing me a ton of money just to yeah. say there is no human being on this earth. Maybe there's a couple that could rightfully fly an airplane enough if they singly own it. And for it to make a complete sense, if you're not just uber, super wealthy and need your own plane. Like with me, I'm like, no, I really don't care. Like I'm trying to mitigate the cost. I'm trying to be smart with everything. And I'm not afraid of that. Like, I'm not afraid of that at all. People ask me all the time. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm like, why do I even care? Am I going to post it on my bio on my Instagram? Probably not. But like, it's just funny that I, I am an overshare, which is probably not a good thing sometimes, especially when I need like can't tell people things or whatever. I shouldn't tell people things. Um, but I, cause I really don't care. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to prove to anything to anybody because yeah. I'm very confident. I built my company and then on now I'm like, Hey, I'm here. Like, yeah. how are you guys doing? Like I'm yeah. going to events and meeting people. <laughs> you know, I didn't go 
to the events and say, Hey, I'm here. And then it's like, Oh crap. Like, I don't know how uh-huh. I'm going to pay for all these things. Like I'm yeah. trying like the fake it so, till you make it aspect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I get like, there are people that like have true passions and want to help people. And maybe they, they find an avenue or they're really good speakers and, and maybe they haven't had that business. But they're really good at something else. Like I'm not like, I don't want to pigeonhole people, yeah. but there are so many fake people out there that they're just so focused on like the wrong things in their self image and mm. like their like if I was to post every single car I've ever had or every experience, like I would probably have a bigger following, but I really don't care. Like yep. 90% of the cars I've had, I've never been on social media. The things that I've done, I've never been on social media. Like a little bit of it does because there is aspect of me that I want to motivate and like help people to know that like there is more out there of life. Like if you keep chasing a dream and have like vision and you feel like your heart tugging you somewhere that is possible so there is that aspect to it but it's just man i just i i like i get a weird feeling when i'm around people and i'm like i just don't like just get away from me yeah yeah Yeah. not good vibes not good energy and your bacteria is even like no dude yeah wrong yeah but you said it it's it's literally like the fake it to you make it aspect but it's putting on the mask right it's pretending right and it's felt like when I meet somebody, I, I don't just see them. I literally see through them. Right. Any mask they wear. And this is a huge, huge conversation about um, wearing masks and, and what they're focused on, right? Like when I meet someone and they want to work with me, I know instantly what their outcome is. I know what they want. Really? Right. And I'll, I'll talk about some dudes that drop in my DMs because it's a fun, it's a fun thing to talk about. And I know some people would really appreciate it. And I, I talked a little bit with Bryce about it, but. I had some, when I became single about six months ago, because I was in a relationship for four years, blended a family, love of my life. Like I thought we were going places together right? and it all shifted. The whole relationship came to an end. We separated, you know, on good terms. Everything's good. Haven't seen them for a while. And all of a sudden I started getting all these dudes in my DMs and some big names. Right. And they, and just saying things, but not realizing who I am. And that's what I want to talk about is not specifically what they're saying, but the, this misconception of how, how different I am to other people. Like when someone sends me a message, not only am I an expert on an energetic level, I literally feel the energy that comes through the message. Right. But I'm also an expert when it comes to behavior and language patterns. So I literally can read between the lines and I know what they're subconsciously saying even. So I go even deeper. Right. Right. So I've had some really fun conversations. That's, you know what? That's really interesting because like, and I'm not just trying to say I relate to just have a conversation. Yeah. I know when people are posting differently, I'm so aware that I'll be like, hey, Mikkel, I think you should go message your friend because I think something's wrong. Yep. What do you mean? Well, I notice that they usually post this mm-hmm. boom, 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 boom. And they act like this and this person's usually in their pictures or this person's usually with them doing this. Mm-hmm. And I noticed the last two times they went to the gym, they've been with someone else. Yep. They've been like, you should. And she's like, you are the most like aware. Observant. Per- observant. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, like a like guy was talking to actually my, uh, my grandpa in law or whatever you want to call him. Mikel's grandpa. We yeah. went to the, uh, the Utah jazz game, basketball yeah. game last night. And I'm like, I'm so observant that I know every single person that sits by me over there across the arena. I go check, check, check. Okay, there, 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 there. It's like, hey, man, why are you at the game? Where, where's it, where are we going? Are you all right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, man, I'm just traveling. Okay, cool. Like, I know where everybody's, like, it's crazy because yep. I'm so observant and I, I'm a very visual person. Yep. And I can, like, a feeling person. So yeah. 
it's weird. Yeah. And I always thought I was a little bit off because when people (laughs) message me, I'm like, oh, you're just trying to get something. Yep. You know, and, and it's just gross. And sometimes like like, they'll message me and I'm like, look, and I'll be like, I'll take some, cause I get a lot of people that just want to talk to me for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, like I, I've had them multiple times and, you know, I'll just talk to them. Hey, I know, like, I don't, I don't know what you want to talk about, but like when we get on, like I'll say, yes, I'll book the call, whatever. Yep. Get on there and I'm just, I'm just going to like, just be direct with me. What do you want from me? Yeah. Yeah. Like don't let's not beat around the bush yeah. because you don't Please just want to say hi. Mm-hmm. That's not normal. Okay. Normal would be like, Hey, loved your podcast. Have yeah. a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for everything you do. Yeah. Not, Hey, can I have 10 minutes of your time for what? Oh, I just want 10 minutes of your time. Okay. He wants, yeah. $10,000. You yeah. can have 10 yeah, minutes of right. my time. Yeah. So I'll usually, and then take it changes, the call. Right? I usually take the call and they're like, Hey, well we actually, while we got in the call, we want to sell you this. Okay guys. Like it just, let's yeah. pump the brakes right now. And yeah. so, but it's funny because I was like, yeah, this is going to be another one of those things. Yep. It's but sleazy. I always, yeah. But I always felt, I always feel that. Like when I give people like a handshake or a hug mm-hmm. or look at them. Yep. Um, and, and I think I'm the same way because a lot of people ask me like, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. why? They're like, because you wear your stress and like your emotions through your face. And yep. I'm like, yep. oh, you can tell that I'm really stressed out right now. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah. And so, hide it. <laughs> oh. And I just you have feel a really like, shitty poker face for sure. Me? Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is almost, Guaranteed. it's almost to my advantage because I'm joking, uh-huh. just talking crap the whole time we were playing poker and I go back and just boom, yep. I, I clean yep. house with everybody. I did it. I'm not going to say I did it the other night, but I was, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay at poker. Now I've never took my talents to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, I've taken my talents to many houses and I've done okay. We'll yeah. just say I've done yeah. okay. I'm, I don't know if I'm up or, or down, but I definitely have a good time. Yeah. But have you ever wondered like where that comes from or. Yeah. Well, I, I know like there's an energy out there and, but it's so crazy that I can feel it through text mm-hmm. messages and I can feel it through like, it's a weird feeling. Like yeah. today I called this guy and he's a good, good friend of mine, a very prominent figure in this world. And I just shot him a text and was mm-hmm. like, Hey man, I'm thinking of you. I hope you're having a good time. Yeah. Seven and a half milliseconds. He FaceTimes me sitting in a pool in Puerto Rico. Dang. And he's like, dude, I was just talking about uh-huh. you. And I'm like, Hey man, how's it going? Like, he's like, I was like, where are you at? He's like, I'm in Puerto Rico. Remember you were supposed to come with us. I'm like, I know. Yep. But then that would make me gone for like 30 days in a row. And I can't do that. But yep. I was just, yeah, it was crazy. I'm like, I kind of felt like you just popped in my head and I'm like, I feel like mm-hmm. I need to chat with them and say, say what's up to him. Yeah. And he's like, that's crazy, man. He's like, I was literally just talking about you. And then he's like, Hey guys, this is the guy I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And like showed me around the circle and I'm like, see ya. Yep. I'm no, we, we didn't even talk about anything. He's just, Hey man, I love you. I'll see you later. Let's yep. connect when I'm back. I'm okay. Bye. I don't that, know. If, that happens a lot yeah. for me. It's, yep. it's weird for yeah. me, but I think it's so important, you know, and, got a little bit of time left, but I know it's so important, especially in this business world or team leadership world to be grounded. Like I, and I've been to, you know, therapy sessions and people where, um, you know, the, the one, one in particular was like, Hey, like take your shoes off, put your feet on the ground and like massage the floor. And we were in a building, so a little bit different, but yeah. he's like massage the floor with your feet, but just close your eyes and feel grounded and ground yourself and feel mind. We were talking about mindfulness yep, and just focusing on that. And then, you know, but it's, it's such a non, like spoken about thing yep. in this world. Yep. And like, you know, I'm like if people want to stay private, that that's, that's okay. Like people can do it at whatever they feel comfortable with. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. But I do feel like there is a big need to talk to people and yeah. especially in entrepreneurship and business owners, cause it is a very straight, it wears on you. It's stressful. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And I do feel like there is a lot that can be learned from understanding people, understanding where they come from, understanding how they operate having a mindful, you know, the, 
the wherewithal about knowing how your where your team is at, how they're doing before they even know it. Yep. You know, to see, oh man, that, that person looks like he's not struggling, to be aware. Yes. And yep. I feel like there's such a big disconnect. Like like in network marketing, we used to call it, there's a big disconnect from corporate and a big disconnect from the field. We used yep. to call it, right? Yep. The corporate has no idea what the field's doing. Nope. The field has really no idea what corporate's doing. It's like a restaurant. But, yeah. But corporate's barking different things, changing comp plans, coming out this product that we don't really want that product, but I guess now we got to sell it, changing the points on different things. Like it's constant shift, right? And I feel like, excuse me, I'm getting a little, a little sweaty in here, but, um, but I feel like there, with businesses, there's a lot of that. Yeah. And I feel like that there, there, there needs to be mended. Now I'm not talking yeah. about like every person is going to invite every employee over to their house for barbecue, Yeah, yeah. but yeah. there's definitely got to be more of an attempt to be connected. Yeah. More vulnerable, more authentic. Yeah. 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 Like I, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm an overshare by fault, but I feel like people really know me and they're, I'm authentic. Mm-hmm. And if I and mess up, they connect with you. I will raise my hand and be like, I totally screwed up guys. Like, can we laugh about this? Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like I just caused us this problem or that problem or messed up, but Hey, we can move through it. Or yep. I forgot when I am, I am religious about our company calls and I forgot about one. We didn't even book it. Dang. And it's like Friday and they're supposed to be the first month of every, first Wednesday of every month uh-huh. and it's Friday and we're in our management <laughs> meeting. I'm like, guys, we didn't have our call. Yeah. They're like, no, we just thought you didn't want to do it. I'm like, what the, I was like, we need to have it. So we had it the following Wednesday yeah. and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I like, love the accountability aspect. I was like, I don't even know what happened. Mm-hmm. Totally spaced it. Um, that's on me because I'm controlling the calls. I'm like, I'm sorry. And everybody's like, hey, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but it's just yeah. owning and being self-accountability and being authentic, right? Yeah. I know that being authentic is a big thing for you. Yeah. It's authenticity is heart led. So when you're authentic and you're feeling, that's a heart centered. When it comes to like manifesting and what I do with a lot of my clients is I really get them into the emotional charges of what they're looking for in life. And that can't happen if their hearts are closed off because of everything that happened in their childhood. So some of the biggest wounds that I help people with, and it doesn't matter what level you're on, like you and I had an experience where I helped you discover something that was profound. Right. That was huge. Right. It was a big deal. For sure. But it's because I resonated because I have done the work and I have felt similar feelings. Right. And that's the embodiment aspect. Like, hey, I've embodied the work. I know what it feels like. I've worked through it then I can hold that space for you. And right. I can see it so easy, right? right? Like I could just see right to it. Right. And I would say that some of the biggest things that I help with entrepreneurs and why I'm even doing this podcast for one, I just love sitting with you and talking with you. I think it's, we have great conversation for sure. and you're real and you're one of my favorite entrepreneurs in Salt Lake city to even talk to because it means a lot. Thank you. It's genuine and it's felt and it's authentic and it's vulnerable. And that's where most people are lacking in the space, especially in Salt Lake City. There's a lot of fakeness going right. on. Talking about women, yeah. a lot of a lot hey, of mask we had wearing. the most drama of Real Housewives of yes. Salt Lake City. So I'm like, well, half the crew just went to prison. So yeah. <laughs> but it's, being it's fraud. Well, and it's literally <laughs> like getting attention from a place of woundedness. Right. And a lot of women are doing that. Like I I've struggled with it with like the body figure and the body image and wanting to have the perfect body and getting the lashes and all this stuff. And I got to a point where I was like, I don't fucking care anymore. Right. Like I, I love baggy tees and I love Nikes and I like tight jeans and I like to play sports and I would shame myself for being, you know, 
that way, being, being a badass at everything I do, I could throw a football better than most men could, right. but I got so shamed for it. Like, Oh, you're not feminine because you're that way. And I'm like, I'm more feminine than most women that look feminine. Right. They look externally feminine, feminine, but on the inside, they're so wounded. Right. And I see those wounds in a lot of entrepreneurs. And that's why I work with a lot of entrepreneurs because I will say, and we talked about this, that a lot of people are very driven and very successful. There was a wound that got them on that path, just right. like you were pointing out for me. Right. Like, hey, let's have some gratitude for what I went through because it's allowed me, I literally change people's lives. Right. Working with me one time changes the trajectory of their lives. Like right. I pick people up off of a timeline and put them on the right timeline of their greatest expansion on the planet. Right. That's a gift of mine. And it came from 30 years of suffering, wow. like straight pain. Yeah. Right. Right. So the biggest things that I love to work with is abandonment. That's a huge one. And that's something that you and I connected on. Right. right? Sexual abuse is the second one. I would say Salt Lake city has some of the highest numbers really of sexual abuse in teenagers and women and even men. Wow. Right. And I have a lot of clients. That's surprising. Honestly, it is surprising. From our well-protected state. Right. I'll, that's all I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I'm right in between <laughs> the lines. Yeah. But that's a big driver for a lot of relationship problems, a lot of intimacy problems, a lot of money problems. Right. Like talk about money problems. Sexual abuse will be the biggest factor to block people from that. Right. And abandonment. I would say those two are like, if you're not loved and seen and heard as a child by your parents, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, just like me, you're going to be driven to finding it elsewhere. And I found it in drugs and alcohol and sex. And I found it in being locked up and taken away from my family wow. until I was able to become aware of it and do the work that I've done. So I just want everyone to know that's listening. Like if you have been through, um, and trafficking's huge, but if you've been through, you know, sexual abuse and, and it doesn't have to be like extreme, right? right. And I don't want to trigger anyone. It doesn't have to be extreme. It can be small things. Trauma doesn't have a measurement of, oh, this was bigger than this trauma. It's all the same right. Neuro neurochemically. It's all the same. It's just an emotional charge in that nervous system. Right. Um, so I just want everyone to know that I've, I've been through probably eight to 10 counts of sexual abuse in my life and wow. I have been able to heal it and I have been able to work through it. And I confidently, I like very confident in my feminine energy and my masculine energy and the work that I've done on myself and on my clients to be able to heal something like that. And it takes a lot. I will, I will honestly say, Healing those things, abandonment and sexual abuse really do take intense amount of intentional work right. and reprogramming. Yeah. I'm not just talking about breath work. Right. I'm not it, just talking it, about all the energy shit. I'm talking yeah. about the physical stuff that people are bypassing. Right. Right. And that's, that's really my, my message and a part of reason why I'm starting this whole project that I'm starting. Well, and um, I think a really good thing that people should know is that, you know, at least I believe um, there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. There's a way to get through things and yep. you're not alone. And there are so many people, especially people that you might see on a pedestal or as a celebrity or as an athlete or whoever mm -hmm. have gone through the same things or going through the same things. And, and, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a way to, to, yeah. to, to get help. It's just, it, you, you need to ask for the help. You need to look for the help. Yep. And, you know, I, I, I encourage people, I really, really encourage people to, to, to get that help. Where can people find, find you at? Currently Instagram. Okay. What's your Instagram handle? It's I am underscore Felicia Marie. Love that. Yeah. Love that. When we'll, we'll tag that in the bio. Yeah. The last thing I want to ask you, and this has been a great conversation because I'm so passionate about helping people and culture. And I feel like 
the way people are, why they are, or why, you know, why am I getting that so tongue twisted? I'm struggling with that. Um, you know, who you are as a person and how you operate comes from a lot of different, you know, the circumstances of an upbringing mm-hmm. of a million different instances, like a million different situations. And really, you know, that kind of multiplies into business and multiplies out into culture and multiplies out into the world. Right. Yep. I mean, that's yep. the, it, starting from a very young age, it, it can end up many years down the road in, 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 in a brand maybe somewhere. And that's reflected in that. And so I'd really encourage people to, like I b- totally believe you build a better person, you build a better company, you build a better team, you build a better organization. Yep. You you can you can be better, especially when you're more connected and more grounded and more aware and more yep. authentic and just who you are and you break the chains off and stop being a fake person and you yep. finally get to just be free and be you, kind of like a situation you've had. Yep. It's so important for people to know that you can just be who you want to be yeah. and unapologetically you, yep. which is so, so, so important. Um, but the last thing I want to ask you is what does success mean to you? How do you define success? I freaking knew you were going to ask me that. I yeah. literally had that thought earlier. Yeah, That's really. so funny. Ooh. So my personal perspective of success, I, I feel successful in this moment, honestly. And it's because regardless of what happened with me today, which I had a crazy spiritual experience with a new client, regardless of what has happened in my life, I show up. Right. right. I don't, I don't give up. I've never given up. I've failed a million times. I literally never stop. And to me, that is success is being willing to, to never stop. Cause that is failure is when you get to that point, that breaking point where for me, it was, you know, being homeless and having four kids and having to right. ask to sleep with someone in their home because I couldn't afford to take care of them. And I still, never stopped. Even in that moment, I continued. And to me, that's success. It's not the bank account. It's not the car I drive. I can, I drive a beater car. I don't give a shit. Right. Right. It's, it's not, if I have a jet, it's literally the fact that I'm, I'm enough just being myself and I never stop no matter what happens. Right. No, I, I love that. Felicia, thank you so much for, for doing this. It's been, been awesome. Um, if you're out there and you feel like this could help someone, please share it. Please leave me, you know, if, if you feel like this was a good conversation, please leave me a, a hope, you know, hopefully a five-star review. Um, and just, you know, share your feedback, share your feelings and hit me up on Instagram at Jason Haugen. And, you know, I am underscore Felicia, Felicia Marie. Marie. Um, Felicia, thank you so much for, for doing this. You're welcome. Thank you.